welcome to Unraveling Crypto, the podcast. I'm your host, Bonnie. If you're curious about Web3 but don't know where to start, you're in the right spot. I know how full your life is already, and I also know how much freedom this expansive space can offer. Each episode, we bring on Web3 experts to share what they love. Through easy conversation, we cover topics like financial literacy, blockchain, and how to use these in practical ways. It's not just about technology, but about who is building it and why it's being built. Today, I had the pleasure of speaking with Gina, Chief of Staff at Trust Machines. Gina was one of the first women I connected with when I first entered Web3 and Stacks, and I immediately knew that I wanted her to come on and share her perspectives and experiences. We dove into many different topics, like why decentralization is a total paradigm shift that's opening doors for many kinds of businesses, what's exciting her most about Stacks, and where she sees the Web3 space headed from here. I absolutely enjoyed this conversation, and I hope that you do too. Hi, Gina. How are you? Welcome to Unraveling Crypto. Hey, Vanessa. I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited to, to be here on, on your show. Me too. So before we get started with anything, I'd love to start today's conversation with kind of like a grounding, um, yeah, like a grounding practice, which is what are you grateful for right now? Oh, I love that. Um, I am grateful for my colleagues who help me get through every day and, and keep things really exciting at work. Um, I'm grateful for my family, friends, partner, um, and a puppy that <laughs> joined our lives about a month ago. <laughs> oh my God. That's adorable. I'm grateful for the opportunity to be able to connect with incredible humans like you. And I've been so excited for this conversation because just a little background. Um, when I first came into the space, I entered through the ecosystem of Stacks and there weren't a lot of women that I was connected with yet, but you definitely were one of them that I followed. And I'm like, oh my God, I just, I thought you were just, you are super cool. And we somehow connected via like Twitter DMs and you were like, yeah, let's hop on a call. Let's chat. And I'm like, oh my God, this is incredible. And then we had a conversation and I absolutely just loved how we connected. And um, yeah, I just wanted to just say how much I appreciate you and all of the connections and conversations we've been having. Oh my gosh, totally. And honestly, it's been one of those things where I think over the past year, I think you were in the space, like, um, you've been in the space, I think for probably the majority of that, that past year. And I feel like that's been a time of making so many awesome connections, just like from sex, from crypto, from this crazy space. And honestly, like I was thrilled to see you on Twitter. Like I was so excited myself and just seeing you also hopping into all these different like communities and participating. And I feel like you just went all in and I've, I've always admired that about you. And I'm, I'm really excited that you're sort of continuing this journey through this podcast. So I'm just really stoked to be here. Yeah. I mean, 
I think we'll we'll get into it a little bit with like what we love and what we gain by being in this space. But before then, I'd love for you to share a little bit about you and your background, um, just so the community knows you a little bit more. Yeah, definitely. So I've been working in the sort of Stacks ecosystem and project for what's going on in five years now. Um, so really saw the project go from sort of the research and development phase to being this programming layer for, for smart contracts for Bitcoin. Um, and it's just been incredible to see the evolution of the community throughout that time. And my role currently is chief of staff. I work at a company called Trust Machines, which is really focused on building the largest ecosystem of Bitcoin applications, and it's building on Stacks um, and Bitcoin. And I've held a few different roles, I would say, in, in this space. And so I, I sort of joined back in the day in a role where I was excited to wear lots of different hats and, you know, be, you know, at a company when it was less than 10 people and sort of see the growth from there. And um, so that's been quite a journey. And, and prior to that, I actually was in tech recruiting in New York City. And so I was working, I sort of had my own book of business where I had my own clients. I was also working with the candidates who I was placing in some jobs and it was mostly uh, sort of DevOps and security and um, that type of engineering. And I was working with startups to sort of 500 person companies or, or larger. So have you always been in tech? Um, I haven't always been the most technically inclined person, but my career working has always been sort of in the tech realm. But I think that there's so many other skill sets that are just needed in this space. Um, I think tech has always just been really intriguing and fascinating to me, right? It's something where I'm like, these are all really cool problems to be solving, um, really incredibly smart people that are working on them and in this space. And um, I think that's something that's always drawn me to it and um, drawn my curiosity for it as well. And so I guess I've been fortunate to be able to leverage. I mean, I went to school for like psychology and human development, um, which is, is pretty different. But I think that all of those skill sets are just needed to build businesses, right, and, and build ecosystems. So, yeah, that's how I landed here. OK, so before we dive in I'd love to ask you, what's your superpower? So that thing that comes easiest to you and it's like effortless. Yeah, that's a good question. I think that I I really enjoy collaborating with others and just sort of like being able to condense some of the information at hand and sort of like know what next steps might need to happen from there in order to proceed. I would say that I'm definitely one of the sort of like, I'm a doer, like I, I do a lot of execution type work. I enjoy things along the lines of like project management, but I also enjoy just having like a very, since I've seen different parts of businesses um, and a number of different like projects and sort of helps lead certain projects, I think it also just gives me um, a bit of a 360 perspective that I like to be able to apply in certain situations and be like, oh, have you thought of this or have, have you connected with these people who are also thinking of something similar? So I guess to condense it, it's like connecting the dots and then also like executing to the next step because I, I just want to sort of like impatiently move, move forward, but uh, excitedly, I would say. 
<laughs> That's powerful, making moves, essentially. <laughs> so what got you into Web3? Like, what drew your attention to enter the space and even like without getting a job or just in general? Yeah, so I really did jump into it sort of day one by taking a job in the space. I would say that I I was sort of like familiar with the concept of Bitcoin because back in college, a friend had sort of told me and some of my friends about it. And so we had all bought like a small amount of it, but I don't think that any of us grokked the uh, significance of Bitcoin and what it could be, except for my one friend, obviously, who, who did very well. Um, and so I think the concept just sort of made sense to me. I think I grew up like reading sci-fi or futuristic type material. And so I was just like, well, obviously there's going to be um, like internet money. And so I was, I definitely just like, I think I just naturally understood that this was like the evolution sort of of technology and things along those lines, but I didn't like fully grasp what, what that all meant and the implications obviously until later. And I would say I went into tech recruiting, just being interested in sort of like being at the forefront of problems that are being solved and like businesses that are being created. And then, you know, I was working with a lot of like ad tech, fintech, ad tech companies in New York City. And I think that there was, it, it was just interesting that you were sort of pitching similar problems or like similar spaces to, to, to talented folks. And, um, you know, definitely a lot of engineers just want to be working on like really cool problems. And so I think that was the thing that that really stuck out to me. I saw um, the project sort of listed on like AngelList and I was just, the sort of tagline at the time was creating a decentralized internet. And that was something where I was like, okay, they're trying to create a new sort of system, but reusing existing infrastructure in ways that made sense. I think at the time they had sort of like a decentralized uh, data encryption storage system on things like Dropbox and, and, and that's called Gaia now. It's sort of part of the um, Stacks ecosystem. And so there are some of these ideas that were floating around in terms of the, the early potential and they were sort of building on Bitcoin. So again, sort of reusing existing infrastructure and not trying to do like too many things at once, but doing sort of one thing well in terms of adding new functionality sort of to, to the Bitcoin blockchain. And that was just really intriguing to me. I was like, that seems like the future. <laughs> you know, it's one of those, those moments where you're like, okay, this is going to sort of, or has the potential to change the world. Um, it was super early back then, but I could sort of see that it would be something pretty groundbreaking. And that I guess I just wanted to be part of that in any capacity that I could. And so I was, I sort of, I think I, pitched the job a little bit in terms of being like, oh, I can, I can do a lot of things and I'm happy to help out. Um, and I guess after sort of being in touch with Muneeb um, and yeah, just getting to know more members of the team, I ended up starting to work with the project a year after I originally found out about it. So it was definitely not necessarily the most straightforward journey, but um, it, it was pretty seamless. And it was really just a project that that stood out to me and I was just interested in sort of the, the potential for it. And I wasn't necessarily aware that it was this entire other space. I think it, it shows that, you know, 
you don't necessarily have to be full <laughs> degen to, to get into it, right? You can sort of evolve and, and build that skill set over time. Um, so, yeah. So I think that right now there's a lot of buzzwords. And of course, decentralization is one of them. Can you share with us why it's such a big word right now and why it's actually important? Sure. So decentralization really just refers to um, distributing the sort of like power and control of the system, I think, more to its members. So we're really used to the like Googles and Facebooks of the world where you just sort of create an account and your data is naturally owned by by that company, right? We're used to our financial systems really being uh, set up in this way where you just log into a service, you um, keep all your money in sort of the bank and you let them really profit off of it as compared to you doing that active engagement, depending on who you are. And so I think that decentralization is sort of a paradigm shift. It's saying, okay, you know, we've been able to see a number of different companies in this sort of like web one, web two worlds, but um, what types of business models can be created when you have this more direct interaction with users, when you have users participating in um, sort of like the, the creation, the control, the future direction of a project or a business um, participating in different kinds of business models and like how that ownership is represented. I feel like I'm getting a little bit rambly here, but I just, I think that it's, it's essentially like a shift away from one type of business and it's like opening the door to a fully new other type of business. And just with any kind of shift of that nature, you're presented with so much more opportunity and just like surface area for imagination and creation um, as compared to, to, to what's out there. And so I think that's just like an inherently exciting uh, space to be in. Definitely. And I mean, that's one of the things that I always say to everyone that like, why, why are you in crypto or Web3? And, and I'm just like, this it's just a whole new world and we get to build it and shape it. So tell me, okay, if you're able to share with me, like for somebody that's really new and doesn't know much about Bitcoin, like what it, is the difference between Bitcoin and Stacks? Because right now you hear there's, yeah. yeah, there's so many different ways to enter and engage, but why is Stacks awesome, basically? Because I'm <laughs> in love with Stacks. <laughs> totally. Yeah, so Bitcoin has really sort of established itself as a store of value, and you can kind of think of it as digital gold. I think the digital gold analogy is interesting because you immediately get a picture of like a chunk of gold, right? <laughs> but at the same time, I think it's it's interesting because there's not that many countries that are sort of like on directly like the gold standard or things like that. Like it's kind of a dated metaphor in a way. How I really think about it is, you know, Bitcoin is a protocol with a very sort of like exact distribution schedule and, you know, very controlled parameters in terms of changes that can be made and really a community that also defends it and and says, you know, Bitcoin is ultimately this amazing sort of like settlement layer, this store of value. It's something that 
is fully really owned and operated by the people. So, you know, folks across the world just like are able to opt into this alternate system and trade and transfer value and hold their value. And it it provides optionality for folks um, in a world where a lot of that a lot of choices are sort of given to governments and are under a select group of people's control, right? And so I think that Bitcoin is just something that provides like an alternate railway and highway um, and infrastructure to operate with and be able to say, hey, you know, I want to send money to someone halfway across the world. I don't necessarily need someone's permission. I can actually do that and and, um, gives folks that option, which is kind of crazy that it's like 2022 and that that that's such a groundbreaking thing. I feel like it would have happened years ago in a way, but at the same time, we're still so early when it comes to, to Bitcoin. And so that's what Bitcoin is. It's really, to me, this like very secure, like bedrock. It's very predictable. Um, you're able to rely on it. You know that your transactions are going to go through and you know that it's going to hold value to some extent. You know, if you're doing a trade, even if it's just for a very quick amount of time and you just need to, you know, trade back into a specific currency, I think, you know, at, at that level, and obviously it has volatility too. It's like a new asset. And I think that that's quite natural for, for a new kind of asset like Bitcoin. And so that's Bitcoin. And I think that, you know, if you're trying to create these new railways, then there comes a question of like, how many can you ultimately support? I think that Bitcoin's has been created through, you know, a bunch of different people, essentially like securing the network by also putting a lot of electrical energy into securing Bitcoin, right? And so it's been able to essentially get to this place over the years where it is very secure. It is very reliable. Like no one can sort of hack the network. It's incredibly durable at this point and it's incredibly battle tested. And so I think the question then becomes very naturally, like once you have that kind of a a sort of capital and this asset, how do you make it more of a productive asset class? And so that's, I think, where Stocks really comes in is it's really just a programming layer to bring more productive uh, use cases to Bitcoin. And so it really wants to tap into, you know, the close to trillion dollars of Bitcoin capital and be able to say, okay, here we have the very basic underlying infrastructure. How do we do more interesting things in the financial realm? How do we also do more interesting things in the user, uh, just in terms of like other types of consumer apps and experiences? We're super early with all the applications that we've seen in just like what is called Web3 generally, but there's a lot of, there's a lot of different businesses and use cases that have been scratching the surface of like what's possible. And so, you know, in Ethereum, we've seen roughly $500 billion worth of value created in the applications, the smart contracts at the sort of layer above, and then $500 billion in the equivalent underlying network as well. And so that's something where it's like sort of a natural question is, okay, if Bitcoin is sort of the one alternate railway that I think is going to get the most use is going to be most relied upon for a long time to come. You know, how do you, how do you do additional things with that? Right? Like that, that's an incredible potential. And I think that there's this 
concept of ultimately using Bitcoin as a settlement layer and being able to have more transactions that are sort of like hashed back to Bitcoin and sort of secured by the Bitcoin network, right? And so that's what Stacks really unlocks for, for Bitcoin. And there's there's often just a, a, an idea that anything that's like built in Web3 is ultimately going to settle back to Bitcoin because it's just like the, the one chain that, that really rules them all in the markets and by users, community, yeah, I mean, thank you because that was an incredible explanation. And I think we're going to take away, I'm going to like re-listen to this and be able to explain and share this in a succinct way as well. But what is, for example, like what do you love most about Stacks right now? What is exciting you? Yeah, I think it's interesting because I don't know if my, my answer is definitely, <laughs> I think it's always been like the people that are working both on it and in this space, right? Like I joined a while ago, but it was just incredible to work with the team that was doing its diligence, I think, in creating sort of like this additional infrastructure layer and solving these like really hard problems that people haven't necessarily solved before, right? Like it's all kind of new territory. And so that was really amazing to to be in that environment back in the day. And like to this day, I still get like more and more excited when I see all the incredible founders that are in this space. And like, it's honestly just a collective journey, right? Like we're all in it together and there's like no better company that I'd rather be in it with. I do think that we can obviously get more folks sort of into the ecosystem and hopefully the party just gets bigger. But it's one of those things where, I am like constantly in awe of just like the creativity and brilliance of, of the folks that are in the Stacks ecosystem and community. And that's what definitely keeps me chugging. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I have to say that coming into the Stacks ecosystem and feeling the warmth and being welcomed. And when I came in, I, I really had zero knowledge in a lot of things. And it was, it, feels great to be a part of a community that shares so much and that is like supporting you and, and like rooting for you because I think that we got so used to sometimes like <laughs> I say in the real world where there's a little bit of like animosity sometimes with your colleagues and co-workers or like even just Anything that happens like in your day to day, sometimes you don't feel like it, unless you're like with your tight knit group, but it doesn't like everyone here. Everyone here is just nice. And you post something or you share a tweet or you're sharing what you're building and everyone is so supportive. And that's that's new. I feel like that's something that I haven't felt in a really long time. And community is so important. Tell me a little bit about why is community so important to Web3? Like, has it always been that way or? Yeah. So I think that community is so important because at the end of the day, like if you are creating sort of a decentralized system, which ultimately means like a system that's sort of owned collectively by, by the people that are participating, like the fabric of that community is going to make a big difference, right? I think the sort of goals, the long-term vision, like that is the thing that is going to really drive progress. And so I think that, you know, 
DAX is still small compared to a lot of communities, but at the same time, it has so many folks who are really in it just for for the future vision and who are like, this is a 10, 20 year game. You know, it's we're, we're on that time scale as compared to anything that is sort of more short-lived than that. And so I think the community is just so important because it's just, it's the fabric of the project and people who are actively participating just naturally have more responsibility in what, what the project does become. And also more just like agency, you know, I think that it, it feels like we're still very much just rubbing the surface of what is possible here. And so I think that it also feels like there's a ton of potential for like opportunity and upside there. If you're one of the first that is doing something that's, I think Orlando actually just said that, you know, he was like, if you're one of the first that's doing a really hard thing, then, you know, you can potentially be rewarded for that. And I, I think that it's just important to be relatively like principled in terms of what you want to be doing and what you want to be spending your time on in the crypto world, because it does feel like it's, it can be a shifting landscape. And I don't know, you hear a lot of stories of people who go into a specific project or try a specific business model out. And, you know, since it's all new, it doesn't necessarily always work out. And so I think that like, having a long-term perspective and really being in it for the right reasons in terms of being like, this is sort of a forefront of innovation and like, how do I want to be an actor in that space? I think it just like plays a much bigger role as compared to in the web sort of 1.0 world. Like, yes, you could be a creator of a business and you could have a lot of agency there, but if you're an employee, obviously equity is great, but it's a little bit of a different model. You know, I have been in this space and I've watched, you know, a lot of folks who have ultimately are running companies now or, you know, doing awesome things and starting podcasts. And so I think that's almost like a given. It's like, if you're, you know, participating and if you're doing really cool things, then it's also going to sort of be noticed by the community. It's going to be celebrated and, you know, that can lead on to, to, to big things. Yeah, hopefully that <laughs> answered the question. <laughs> yeah, I did. And I mean, I think you, you raise an important point too. And like how, like do your own research, right? And I hear that so often, like do your own research because it is risky. It's it's unknown territory, right? I mean, it's risky in anything that you do, whether you put your money in the bank or whether you, whatever it is. Um, but especially because we're not used to it and it's something so new, how, where do you recommend someone to start? Like, where can they start? Or like a better question could also be like, what do they need to know as foundation? Like what, you don't need to know every little detail or do you don't need to be technical, but what is something that is important for you to know and learn and kind of take responsibility for that? Well, I do think that it's important that people just sort of start by learning about really the first blockchain that, that brought uh, all of this innovation to us, right? Like, I do think that everyone should sort of start with Bitcoin and start by reading the Bitcoin white paper and, you know, really branch out from there. And I don't think it's necessarily something where folks should start to, you know, you don't, you're not necessarily going to be going to GitHub and reading the code, 
but like understanding sort of the the things that are also important to that community or like how it's evolved, I think is another thing um, that can be an interesting thing to, to look at and look for. And there's like a ton of literature, a ton of resources online where you can find it and like a ton of great book recommendations too. And so I, I think just starting with those things is really important. And then beyond that, just sort of also seeing what's real, like seeing what has traction, seeing what is sort of delivering upon its promises, like testing out products yourself and like hopping into discord, seeing how the community interacts, seeing, you know, what is being built there. I think sort of like being able to do that diligence and like going through the process is probably one of the best uh, exercises that that one can do to get started. Yeah. And what about like, what are the areas of growth that, that not even just stacks, but in general, Web3 and crypto, um, or what is lagging still? Yeah, I think one thing that is, can sometimes be hard to reconcile is the fact that like, with Web3 and crypto, it, it does have a financial aspect to it, which I think is part of the groundbreaking Thing, right? Like the fact that people can sort of like be owners in a way of a protocol and, and participate in that way. And also with like new types of businesses and, and art and creative projects, just like that. But I think it's almost like a double edged sword because it's something where no one wants to be the person who's like, well, there, I'm sure there are people out there, but like it, you don't necessarily want to be going and like shilling a project based on potential monetary gains. And I think that that's like what crypto has a bad rap for, right? Is like so many people do look at it for the financial sort of like upside. And I think that there's things that, you know, obviously if you're in this space, then you might have a portfolio that's like somewhat allocated to Bitcoin and some other tokens. And I think that that's, uh, like an important part of also participating in the network, right? You're sort of like saying, okay, like I'm going to actually just hold a little bit of Bitcoin and like become a Bitcoiner and then like branch out from, from there. But at the same time, I just think that like more use cases that are a little bit less flash in the pan are going to be the things that like are the whole world can sort of champion. I think that Bitcoin in itself obviously offers like a very specific need and function within the space. And it is a financial product, right? And we should be straightforward about that. But when it comes to the other projects out there, I just think it's one of those things that can be a little bit distracting. And so I don't necessarily know what the line is there because I think on one side, obviously you want folks to be interested and money can be interesting for sure. But at the same time, I think that there's so much more to it than just like straight up money and financial gains. And like, obviously it's part of it, but it doesn't have to be the whole story. <laughs> what is shilling? Because uh, a lot of people don't know the lingo yet. So what is shilling? <laughs> yeah. So shilling is just sort of like trying to talk about a project and sort of make the value of your holdings in the project go up by essentially like evangelizing it. And I think you know, there's a fine line because there's a lot of folks that are just excited about something. And they're, you know, even when it comes to stacks, you know, there's a whole meme like text 100 on Twitter. And like, I think that they can be sort of these fun things, but at the same time, 
if that's the one characteristic of the space that people from the outside are looking in at and they're just like, who are these people that are just obsessed with like number go up? And it's, it's not as appealing as like, no, but there's actually like really groundbreaking stuff that's happening here. And it's not just about that. That's one component of literally a thousand other parts of what makes up sort of the, the web three space. And I think that like, there's really interesting just like distributed computing problems to solve. There's really interesting like new tooling that's being created, like the whole the thing of smart contracts and just smart contract development. Like there's so much that exists and I don't want to like minimize the, the, the power of money within these systems because they are, are like part of a decentralized system is the fact that you have to actually like you know, pay people to execute code and to sort of secure the network. And so that's obviously a core component of it. But just because that is sort of part of the infrastructure and just because you can do all these core things that can also redistribute money in all different sorts of new ways doesn't make money the most interesting thing. I think that there's still so much more about like, no, this is literally the next wave of computing that we're talking about. It's not just a flash in the pan. Like we should take this pretty seriously. And I want it to be really interesting and intriguing to folks that are that are hesitant about anything that 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 just sort of seems a little bit flashy. Yeah. I mean, thank you for sharing that because I think that many people that are new to the space or are curious about crypto they don't know what's beyond the investment or the financial reasons. And I came into the space, of course, because I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to know. uh, I want to know more. I want to make wealth. I want to be make smarter investments. And um, I found out that it's like a whole new world. It's just it goes beyond just that. And that's, I believe, one of the things that I've taken away mainly from the space it's like it's not just about money and naturally the money will come (laughs) but like it's not really just about that so I think that's really important to highlight and okay so what do you do outside of work like in terms of like what are you doing in the space outside of work or has work been kind of consuming (laughs) Yeah, I would say that work has been (laughs) relatively consuming. I do, I guess one of the things that I have done and that I still do are these like small stacker chats where um, it's like a weekly interview with Monique, who's the Stacks founder. So you should tune into them if you're interested in Stacks. But at (laughs) at one point I was doing more interviews with founders and that's one thing that I would like to get more into is because like there are just so many really cool ideas and like things that people are working on that it feels like it's almost in like behind the scenes a little bit, which I think is like totally fair for people who are just exploring new ideas at the same time. I think that like one of the core benefits of the the community that, that we're in is just the fact that it like does sort of work in public to some extent and like that all of this a lot of this tech is like open source and anyone can contribute to it and so I think you know one of the things that I endeavored to do in the, the months moving forward is just being able to like highlight some some of that and if it's either in like a YouTube chat or like more just like public platform otherwise I just feel like 
there's so much going on that is not getting the love that I think it deserves. And so it's just like, I think that's one of the things that I, I also especially love that you're doing this kind of podcast because it just gets more excitement for some of the, the movement that, that we see in the space. And I think there's so many amazing people to highlight. Yeah. So I want to talk a little bit about your experience in the space being a woman. Like, what has your experience been? I mean, most of the times you are surrounded by men. So share a little bit about how how it's been for you. I honestly would say, like, yes, I was sort of one of the one of the first women that was on the team. And I think that that's you obviously are just excited to have more women on the team. And I think when it comes to like stacks specifically, it's one of the like one project that I think does relatively well and has like a number of women founders who are really incredible. And I think that the, the biggest thing is just like, I don't know, when I was coming into this space, first of all, the team was like incredibly humble, like no ego, just super approachable. And that makes just like all the difference. And I think that that has like continued to sort of be the case with the community, just in like the general vibe. It's, it's super approachable. Everyone's also like always open to answering questions. If it's someone on the hero team or trust machines or freaker, all of our community like champions. And I think that there's also like a number of women that have been in this space and, you know, that you, can sort of take on as a mentor, even if you're not necessarily like super tight with them. And, you know, folks like Nelson or Brittany Lachlan, she's in the Stacks ecosystem, um, Catherine Wu. There's just like a, a number of women that have created like Twitter followings are not afraid to engage with the community. And I think like it, it was cool to sort of look up to them in a way, even if from somewhat afar. And I think at, at this point, yeah, there's a lot more women that, that I look up to at Trust Machines. We, we um, now have Rena Shaw who joined us as uh, head of strategy and operations. And like, it's just incredible to work with more women who are just like super badass and great at what they do. Um, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So we haven't spoken too much about Trust Machines, but what is Trust Machines and like, what are, what are you guys doing? <laughs> Yeah, so Trust Machines is really focused on building the largest ecosystem of Bitcoin applications and using Stacks and Stacks tooling to sort of unlock some of those experiences for consumers. And so the focus is on building applications. It's not the best analogy, but some people say it's similar to like almost like a consensus model, but for Bitcoin and Stacks. And so it's just working on a number of different applications at once, almost like a, a game studio model where there's a number of projects that are in development. One of them is sort of a, a under-collateralized Bitcoin lending application called Zest, zestprotocol.com. Another one that's in development is a Web3 Discord killer. Um, so sort of like a, a social platform and, and where DAOs can, can communicate and um, collaborate. And that's console, uh, console.xyz. And um, there's a number of other applications that are in development. And then the other sort of side of the business is that we're also contributing to the underlying infrastructure, you know, as sort of needed to unlock those application experiences. So yeah, also hiring folks to contribute to the open source stacks blockchain and yeah, hiring across all fronts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's one of the things that I always tell my friends. I'm like, there's so much room 
for you to be like whether you need a job or whether you're curious and you want to just so much and skills are transferable so as long as you are like eager and ready to learn and I mean you know get to know the space of course <laughs> yeah no totally I would say like there's so many companies that are hiring right now and they need all sorts of skill sets for sure yeah well I we're wrapping up but before we go I would love for you to share any insights for women or in general anyone um how can they come into the space and feel confident and feel safe in in being here whether it's financially or just investing their energy and time i really think that we're in this position where we're sort of like at this evolution of computing evolution of business models and that's like a really incredible time to be like I think it's like equivalent to being in the early sort of 90s when when people were like, we don't really know what to do with this internet thing, but we're going to see what we can do. And I think that we're sort of in that space when it comes to what's possible with uh, sort of like Bitcoin and, and, and building blockchains. And I think that just is like a really incredible opportunity. It, it feels like we're really at the, the forefront of the future. And I think it's just worth like, dipping your toes into. I think it's also something where it's like, it doesn't, you don't necessarily need to like whip out your credit card and like buy a ton of different assets, but by checking out different types of projects and communities and sort of like seeing what they're up to and, and really hopping into like the discord channels, the telegram channels, and like getting to know the community a little bit better. And just also like getting to see there's also a ton of like Twitter spaces and things like that where people are, are just super approachable and like excited to talk about their projects. And I think it's really about just leading with your own curiosity in terms of like, there's, I think something for everyone in Web3, right? Like there's, there's all sorts of different projects that are, that are being worked on and all sorts of builders that are creating. And a lot of them like to do it in public. And so that's one thing that's like a ton of accessibility as compared to maybe other industries. And it's also like, I would say a lot more approachable to just like DM people and hop on a call and be like, what are you up to? Like, what do you need help with? And just learning a little bit more. And um, yeah, I would say like, just don't, there's, there's nothing stopping you. I think that like, Again, sort of from the outside looking in, it, it can seem a little bit intimidating. But once you see just like how friendly everyone is, I think it's um, something that, that that you might be interested in lingering in. <laughs> yeah, I 100% agree. Okay, so I want to do a lightning round. So it's a series of questions that you can answer as fast and succinct as possible. I can't talk. <laughs> so um, are you ready? Right. Okay. What's your favorite book? Honestly, the book that's coming to mind is a book called Pond. I don't have the author, <laughs> but it's just like a very, it's like a very, it's sort of a novel, but sort of poemish. And I feel like it just, um, I loved the like. We'll look I it up and put it in the show notes. <laughs> Not crypto related at all. <laughs> that's okay. So one piece of advice to that you want to share with the world right now? I think just hopping into things and, and if you're really interested in like a specific 
job or a specific community, like just being an active part of that and like doing like DMing the random stranger that you're like, you might not respond to this, but like just sort of doing the practice of connecting in, in a way that feels comfortable for you, I feel like is the, a great thing to do. Your go-to drink? Negroni. Your favorite place on earth? Favorite place on earth? I spent a couple weeks in the Andes Mountains in Peru and, um, I do love the Andes Mountains. It was incredibly beautiful. And what do you love most about yourself right now? Ooh, um, I think I have a decent amount of determination and grit. <laughs> and I, I appreciate that about myself right now. <laughs> yes, I love that. So where can people connect with you or where can they hang out with you? I am um, on Twitter. I'm at Gina underscore underscore Abrams. And yeah, what's the one thing that you love the most about yourself right now? Ooh, uh, oh, that's, thank you. I would say um, my doer type of mentality, like I, an idea comes and I'm like, I'm going to do it and I'll find a way to do it. So yeah, I love that about myself right now. Gina, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Like always, I I really appreciate you taking the time and sharing so much. This was a juicy conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. I'm so excited for its premiere and to listen to all the other episodes and podcasts that you have on. It's going to be amazing. Awesome. I hope you have a beautiful day um, and we'll be in touch soon. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in. I so appreciate you being here. My intention with this podcast is to empower you to walk into another world feeling confident. Through powerful conversations, we can build this bridge together. If you love this conversation, please leave a review on iTunes. And if you're feeling extra generous, share this episode with a friend who's curious too. To stay connected, find me on Twitter and IG at Vibes. See you next week when we unravel a little bit more.